Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, it's Friday Night Prophecy, and Io from Amitsu Study will be joining us here live tonight as we discuss the news events of the week and how they related to Bible prophecy. So welcome everyone. It's going to be a great night here on Friday Night Prophecy as we await my partner Io, who will be joining us shortly here on Friday Night Prophecy. And uh, we got a lot to do. So uh, here he's going to join us in just a minute. And I'm going to give it a couple minutes as we're inviting everyone to come on in. As always, we want to remind you that here on Fig Tree Watchers, you can go to our website, figtreewatchers.com. Uh, you can go and look at our Telegram feed and you'll see the news uh, events of the week that we have discussed right there on our feed. So we want to welcome you to take check that out. Also, uh, if you have any questions, you're welcome to email us here at uh, info at figtreewatchers.com. And uh, tonight, uh, it's going to be a great night as we get into the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. So stay tuned. That is next. Io is going to be joining us in just a minute. And uh, it's going to be a great discussion tonight. we got a lot of good stuff coming on. And I think there he is. So let me uh, bring him on. All right. Hey, everyone. Excited to be on. feels like I haven't been back on in forever. I know. It's only been, like, two weeks. Yep, it's crazy. And by the way, uh, Belt of Truth, you don't have to join Telegram. You can go to figtreewatchers.com, and you can see our feed up there. Um, you don't have to be on Telegram to view the feed at all. In fact, you can read it right there. So if yeah. you're not interested in being on Telegram, that's okay. So... Uh, when we want, we created a website that you don't have to belong to the social media platforms to view our stuff. You can view it right there and uh, not have to be forced to, uh, to go to social media sites. Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. It's one of the unique things we did in our, in creating our website. Um, man, why don't you lead us in prayer as uh, uh, I keep inviting folks in and uh, we will go from there. Sounds good. Uh, Father, we just want to, first of all, just thank you for the opportunity we have to get together as brothers and sisters in Christ over technology, uh, to use technology to share your gospel, um, to use technology to dive into your word, encourage each other uh, in this manner, Lord. We pray that tonight is encouraging. We pray that uh, as we look at the headlines, um, what's going on in the world, very crazy things going on. We ask that we, uh, uh, as we look at your word, Lord, Remember that things aren't falling apart, but they're falling into place. We ask that these things encourage us, that they excite us, because ultimately it points to your soon return, that we'll be out of here, and that we have eternity to look forward with you, Lord. So we just ask that you use Brother Stephane and I to point our, our sisters and brothers in Christ here uh, to that truth tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, um... It is so good to have everyone here tonight. Uh, last week, we had Derek Gilbert on as a, as a guest uh, columnist. We, we started an hour early. Derek Gilbert was uh, um, fantastic. It was a great interview for those of you who, 
who saw it. Um, tonight, I we've got a lot of news events um, that are going on in the world today. Uh, where do you want to start uh, tonight with uh, with us? Yeah, I just want to start um, local, I guess, or just in the U.S. Because I saw this article on Israeli 365 News uh, last year. Uh, we talked a lot about anti-Semitism. This article is about anti-Semitism as well. Um, and yeah, last year was the big year for it, especially with what happened between Hamas and Israel. If you guys remember, Hamas fired 3,000 rockets uh, into Israel. Luckily, many of those rockets didn't get through due to the Iron Dome. But after that was an explosion of anti-Semitism around the world. U.S., Canada, uh, attacks against Jews rose up, attacks uh, or you know, anti-Semitic slurs and things like that on social media rose ex exponentially after that um, and now we're getting disturbing news that the holocaust isn't really being taught and followed um as much as should be or believed as should be uh so there's a 365 news report that roughly one-third of teens in canada u.s think holocaust is quote exaggerated or fabricated so already know that there are people out there at least for a long time i've known that there's people out there that kind of believe that oh the holocaust wasn't real it's fake uh, but for the most part, for the longest time, that's kind of been just restricted to those who are kind of conspiratorial. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, that what I've noticed, at least in my experience, is that many people who are into conspiracy theories, like very well conspiracy theories, um, they also tend to be very anti-Semitic. So I don't know why anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories go hand in hand. It's just what I've seen. Um, but now that's coming more into the for forefront. So now, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen videos where People, you know, go on the street, interview people. Hey, have you heard about the Holocaust? Have you heard of, uh, you know, this uh, camp or anything like that? Do you know how many people, how many Jews were killed during the Holocaust? People just don't know. And this is a growing trend where we're seeing ignorance of the past. And we also, we know the saying that, hey, those who don't know the past, those who don't remember the past are doomed to repeat it. And prophetically speaking, that's what's going to happen. And I'm going to go to prophetic significance of that later. I just want to read some parts of this article. So again, the headline reads, roughly one-third of teens in Canada or in U.S. think Holocaust is exaggerated or fabricated. So I think it's essentially fake or it's blown up. It's overhyped. The article says nearly 33% of students in elementary and high schools in the United States and Canada who participated in a new survey said they weren't sure if the Holocaust happened. They weren't sure if it happened. Or if it did, they thought it was exaggerated or fabricated. I mean, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm 26, so I'm, I'm young, but I'm just, I'm just blown away because even when I was in middle school, high school, we had to learn about the Holocaust. We had to learn about Adam Frank. We had to read the book. We had to re watch the movies. It was required. So I'm just blown away. Again, I'm 26. I don't know why in such a short period of time there's this move where students are just like, we don't know what it is. So I just don't know why that is, but I guess it's just signs of the times. It's a, it speaks to our education system or lack thereof. The article says no Canadian province or territory, no Canadian province or territory requires Holocaust education. I think that's part of the problem. It's part of their secondary school curricula. In the United States, 22 states mandate Holocaust education. Only 22. Um, Marilyn Sinclair, the founder of the organization, which is committed to Holocaust education, said provincial and territorial governments across Canada should require teachers to educate students about Holocaust and anti-Semitism, quote, to ensure our youth know about the dangers of what happens when hate goes unchecked and we don't stand up for each other. And again, I think more importantly here, we need to learn about Holocaust so that we're not, 
We don't repeat it. And as Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. Satan, throughout biblical history, has endeavored to try to wipe out the Jewish nation so as to, you know, thwart God's plans. He tried in the Holocaust. He failed. And he will try again in the tribulation. We can see this said in Zechariah. Uh, Revelation 12, if we go there, we can see this through uh, the signs of heaven, the woman, the child, the dragon. The dragon is obviously Satan. Uh, the child represents Christ. The woman represents Israel. And we see that Satan tries to persecute Israel for the first or for uh, the period of time during the tribulation, the last three and a half years, but they're protected. And Zechariah tells us that unfortunately two thirds of Israel will be wiped out. God will bring out one third. And it's that one third that will be saved at the end of the tribulation. So I think news like this shows us kind of how we're going to get to that point. Part of it is ignorance of the Holocaust. Part of it is just spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual thing that Satan is using to drive to that end game. So any thoughts on that, brother? No, I mean, a, a, the, here's, the, here's the bottom line, right? So I was raised in a family um, that uh, went through Nazi Germany, that experienced it. Um, and... Uh, every single male was killed by the Nazis. So when people tell me that the Holocaust didn't happen, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I know the stories, um, talk about them. Um, I, I know what my mom experienced. I, I know the starvation that they suffered through. I know how they barely escaped the atrocities that were befalled on them. I, I know the stories of, of Jewish friends of hers who were literally taken away and killed and she never saw them again children jewish children jewish adults so to, to me this is just um malarkey Here, here's the biggest issue that i, I want to bring up and anyone who's ever viewed the nuremberg trial videos knows this as a fact it is the most documented uh atrocities ever committed by a group of individuals documented by those individuals. Mm -hmm. That means they wrote down every hair color, every eye color. They wrote down what they did to those people, how they were killed, what they were wearing when they killed them, because they were so gleefully happy about it. And at the Nuremberg trial, they couldn't wait to brag about the atrocity. They were like, in fact, one of the, one of the guys that was executed, he said, you know, we did you a favor. He, he bragged about it. He was so happy. He couldn't stop spilling out the, the thing. And the prosecutor, one of the, the, the prosecutors talked about the fact that they wouldn't shut up about what they did. They were trying to like, hey, you have rights. And they're like, oh, we want to tell the world. You know, I mean, they bragged about it. So when people say that this didn't happen, um, it, it, it's kind of like, I, I look at them and I go, I think they have a screw loose, you know, a little bit. Um, but, you know, I run into the same thing with, you know, people that, that deny Jesus, deny creation, deny, you know, all, all these things. And uh, it, it's sad. You know, there's a gentleman right here that's on here saying he's converting to Islam. Well, congratulations. Um, you're going to deny Jesus Christ as God. And you have now the spirit of the Antichrist, the Bible says. Because Jesus wasn't a Muslim. Islam came after Jesus, 600 years Muhammad showed up. And Muhammad preaches violence. Jesus preaches love. There's a big difference. And Paul said this, that no one who believes in Jesus will be put to shame. Everyone granted eternal life. Muslims don't have that guarantee. You're gonna be wondering the rest of your life, 
why you don't have that guarantee of salvation because you've chosen to believe a lie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and obviously our topic tonight isn't uh, Islam, but I just wanted to make a quick comment about that as well, that Benji, I think you're the one making the comments. Um, Brother Stefan, I have done videos on Islam actually, so we encourage you to look into that to see why the claims of Islam aren't as you know concrete as some Muslims believe and that Christianity and the Bible actually holds up against the claims of Islam. Uh, even two weeks ago, we talked about why we can believe the scriptures are accurate, are well-preserved, because Islam says that the Bible isn't, but we have historical archeological records for that. So that's a hole in the claims of Islam. Um, so just things like that, we encourage you to just check out our profile, check out the videos we've done, so you can see why Christianity is true, why you can believe in Jesus. So yeah, so just to continue here, yeah, we talked about uh, Jewish persecution, um, and now it's Christian persecution as well. This article is actually from last week. Uh, really made headlines concerning Afghanistan. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember what happened in Afghanistan last year um, with the Biden pullout. It was just horrific. And a lot of us were praying for our brothers and sisters there, obviously because of persecution, because of the uh, terrorist organization there in Afghanistan uh, that runs the show now. They just went after Christians. And unfortunately, CBN News reported that Afghanistan now tops Open Doors World Watch persecution list um, because they're tracking Christians, killing Christians. They actually surpassed North Korea. North Korea has been number one for years, but they surpassed that. So the article says each year Open Doors USA publishes its list of 50 countries where Christians face the worst persecution. For 20 years, North Korea has topped the list, but this year there's been a seismic shift as Afghanistan has taken its place as the world's worst persecutor. And Again, part of that is due to the catastrophic pullout in the Biden administration, right? Uh, they said it's the number one perpetrator of violence and pressure and discrimination against Christians in the world. North Korea hasn't gotten many better. Afghanistan's gotten worse. The violence, the tracking Christians, the killing of Christians. This is unfortunately, I'm afraid, what we can expect from Afghanistan in the future. And they talk about the 10 worst uh, countries for Christians to be in. Afghanistan, obviously, number one. North Korea, number two. Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Eritrea, Nigeria. We talk about that a lot. I'm from Nigeria. Uh, Pakistan, Iran, and India. So just wanted to bring this up as usual, just to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And why this prophetically significant again is because every year, it's almost like every month we get headlines that, hey, per Christian persecution is increasing. It's more than last year. It's more than two years ago. And why this is important is because we see in the Bible during the tribulation that Christian persecution will explode in just ways we've never seen before. It shows that, yeah, people will believe in Christ during the trib, but unfortunately, lots of them will be killed. Uh, we see that in the fifth seal, uh, judgment of the fifth seal martyrs in Revelation 6, the great multitude in Revelation 7. You guys can check that out. That's kind of where things are headed. So we see that as time goes on, Jewish persecution increases, Christian persecution increases as well. Yeah, it's, it is it is incredible what's going on around the world with, with persecution. And we talk about it quite a bit. This is one of those warnings that Jesus gave, um, and you know that, that is so significant, because he said, in the last days, that persecution was going to increase, mm -hmm. and um, it was going to become greater in the last days, and we're starting to see that a lot of it. Yeah. Go yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, so next here, uh, this article is, I think, one of the biggest ones for me. 
uh, recently, this is from last week, concerning the Middle East, just the geopolitical movements there. Uh, a lot of the focus right now is kind of on the Iranian deal, uh, but we have to kind of look behind the curtain, if you will. And I would even say a lot of the focus in terms of news is on COVID and, and all, everything going on, the mandates and whatever, but there's a lot of stuff in the background. So you don't want to, as important as that is, I'm not minimizing that, we don't want to make, we don't want to lose sight of everything else going on in the background. And part of that is growing relations with Iran and Russia. So the Jerusalem Post report on January 19th, Iran sees ties with Russia as, quote, new Middle East. So Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi was in Moscow on Wednesday, again, this was on the 19th, to meet Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, and I want to read these quotes because they're very important. The visit may become a turning point. I'll repeat that. The visit may become a turning point in political economic and trade relations between Iran and Russia. And it may also be effective in ensuring security, economic trade relations in the region. This trip is conducted at the invitation of Mr. Putin. So Putin invited Iranian president. Uh, they said Iran is now shifting back to focus on Russia rather than the West. So more powerful ties with Russia could mean that Iran's enemies, namely the US, will have less influence over the Islamic Republic. In a sense, this is an invitation for more Russian influence in the Middle East. Did you guys hear that? Let me repeat that. This is an invitation for more Russian influence in the Middle East. Iran calls this new Middle East, according to uh, the Far News, and it believes that Russia, Iran, Rome, and Syria could be an example of this new Middle East. Last quote, he also mentioned that Russia could help bring peace to Yemen, Iraq is one of those countries we brothers have been looking at due to Babylon and Syria alongside Iran. It's not clear how much of this thinking is a speculation on a former ambassador's part, but it's clear that Iran thinks a trip to Moscow is important. So that was a lot. But why does this matter? It matters because of the setup for Ezekiel 38. We've been talking about this for a long time now. Ezekiel 38, big nations there, Iran, Russia, Turkey. They've been like, these three have been buddy-buddy for years and years now, we're seeing a growing relationship with Iran and Russia, the big two of Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 tells us these nations, this coalition, will one day go against Israel for uh, economic gain, for material gain, and God will intervene. No other nation will intervene. So it's no surprise here to see, again, due to the Afghanistan pullout, uh, there's a vacuum left in the U.S. These nations are trying to fill it up. Iran and Russia are getting closer together. And, and it's just amazing. It's just the setup for what Ezekiel 38 says. And you can't make this up because they're saying that, hey, part of what this is going to do is make Russia basically have a bigger influence in the Middle East. So just very exciting news to see. You know, and this was interesting because last week, um, Iran, uh, Russia, and China were doing military exercises in the Indian Ocean together. Um, the United States response was to send one ship, one ship um, in, in response to that. Um, and another big thing that I, I thought was this week, um, the United States, uh, President Biden has been trying to bring Iran back into the nuclear deal that they made, which is one of the worst deals out there. Yeah. Well, this week, the top advisor, according to, and then I want to get to bring this up uh, to the Daily Mall um, said this, and this is the, the Daily Mall reporting. And once again, this news article, you'll find it on um, FigTreeWatchers.com on the Telegram site. 
Uh, you can go right there and look at. It says Biden's put national security at risk. Top negotiator resigns from negotiation with Iran deal because he says the Biden administration is too soft and they need to take a hardline stance against Iran. But President Biden keeps interfering and giving away too much. So here is one of his own people who he appointed to negotiate this deal resigning. And by the way, this is the third resignation of negotiators from the Iran deal because all three have said the president is just trying to make a deal and he's willing to do whatever it takes, even if it means selling America to Iran. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's something we've been looking at for such a long time now. That we've been, I mean, even Israel has been saying that. U.S., what are you guys doing? It was a bad deal. We never wanted to get into it in 2015 under Obama administration. But they don't care. They don't care if Israel gets the short end of the stick. They don't care if it affects us. Um, yeah, so they're just like, they're just like, hey, you know, going forward. So it's very interesting to see those people who Biden himself chose, the Biden administration chose. They're just like, they also see it's crazy and they're resigning too. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's it's getting really thick now. Why is in, in in as you mentioned earlier, this all matters because it's all leading to the Ezekiel uh, thirty eight thirty nine showdown that is coming. Um, we're seeing this. One of the evidences that we have that the Bible is absolutely true is Bible prophecy, and this is one of those prophecies that we're seeing the fulfillment of that in no other time in history. Has this happened? In fact, we had someone that just mentioned earlier that they were converting to Islam. Well, how come the the Quran never brought this up? Okay, the Bible brought this up. The Bible predicted this long before the Quran was even a blip on the radar of of the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. The Bible mentioned that this was going to happen. Now, here's the crazy part: Russia had to exist, right, come into being. Iran had to come into being. Um, Persia, um, Turkey had to come into being, right. All, all three of these factors had to come into being in order for this to come into that fulfillment. And we're seeing that fulfillment in Bible prophecy finally happening here in the last days of humanity. Um, and it's getting ready for that war. Yeah. I think what we're, we're going to watch, though, is the major weakening of the United States, which the United States is not in Bible prophecy for a very good reason, because it's inconsequential to what is going to happen on the world stage so we're going to see this all come into being it's interesting because now there's this competitive nature between china and russia as to who's going to take out taiwan first or who's going to take out the ukraine first is russia going to get to the ukraine first is china going to get to taiwan first but you have an interesting article to share with us about that don't you yeah, yeah. So um, I have a lot of articles about Ukraine and, and what's going on there in Taiwan. But a very interesting article that I saw was um, concerning a possible fallout of if Russia actually goes into Ukraine. Um, and, and usually when we've been talking about this, we're just like, hey, you know, wars, rumors of wars, just true. Um, but a lot of people, I think, haven't been seen in this light. Um, so Brother Stefan and I, for a long time, now we've been talking about the, you know, the inflation, the food prices and everything. Um, but actually, we're seeing that the Russian, the thing going on in Ukraine with Russia trying to invade and take it over could actually also affect that. So MSN wrote this article that's titled An Invasion of Ukraine 
could drive up global food prices and spark unrest far from the front lines, which is very interesting. Because again, a lot of us wouldn't think that, wait a minute, Russia invading Ukraine would further agitate the supply chain problem and the inflation problem and all that stuff, but it will. So the article says more than 100,000 Russian troops are massed near Ukraine. This is a, this article is posted January 27th. So that was two days ago. So more than 100,000 Russian troops are massed near Ukraine amid a flurry of diplomatic efforts to defuse the prospect of conflict. Should peace not prevail, Western gazing Ukrainians would pay the highest price. But in a worst case scenario, the cost of major Russian invasion of Ukraine, one of the world's largest grain exporters, Ukraine is, could ripple across the globe, driving up already surging food prices and increasing the risk of social unrest well beyond Eastern Europe. We, I'm sure none of us thought that could happen. Um, as tensions mount, one focus of economic concern is the global impact of extreme sanctions on Russia, a major export of agricultural goods, metals, fuel, particularly to Western Europe and China. Should the crisis escalate to the point of triggering staggering sanctions, the blow could spike prices and worsen global supply chain woes by tightening markets for commodities, including natural gas, metals, etc. Um, so they just kind of go on to talk about that. But again, you know, whatever way you cut in, not just, I mean, we're, that's this Ukraine, right? Taiwan is also a large exporter of lots of stuff too, like computer chips. There's a computer chip shortage. Taiwan is a huge uh, producer, manufacturer of that. So if China were to take over Taiwan and gain control of that, oh boy, they could use that as leverage. They keep it from the rest of the world. Lord knows what they could do about that. So uh, this kind of just goes back to uh, Revelation um, 6 too. Uh, let me just go there um, with the, because we always mention the seal judgment, the fourth seal. Um, uh, or sorry, the third seal, scarcity on earth. So this is Revelation 6, uh, verses 5 through 6. When you open the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse in you stunned had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. So that talks about during the tribulation, just basically hyperinflation, starvation, a worldwide famine. And we're seeing the setup of that worldwide and we're also talking about you know when the side jesus gave concerning the end times wars and rumors of wars and we're seeing these wars and rumors of wars contributing to the setup of further judgments so it's all these things that are supposedly you know separate that we wouldn't usually put together they're actually kind of working together um for a bigger setup of judgment later in the tribulation that's kind of what i want you guys to notice here um so that was very interesting caught my attention i wanted to bring up Absolutely. Uh, we had a, a question here. Um, Nikki, uh, thanks for asking that question. Uh, Nikki and Andrea Love. You just need to post on the question there. If you have a question, we'll definitely um, answer that question. Just post it right there on the question mark. And uh, we'd love to, to hear from you. Um, so thank you for asking that. Um, you know, that that is absolutely correct. And we're watching the inflation uh, getting out of control. Uh, that we talk about this all the time with as we're getting closer to the seal being broken out of the, the seals of the book of Revelation. Yeah. One of them has to do with inflation, uh, getting to the point where a, a loaf of bread is a day's wages. 
uh, that's astronomical when you think about it, right? Exactly. But it's leading to the chaos that will bring in the Antichrist uh, that we're going to see. Now, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we don't believe the seal's been broken. Uh, but we're, we're getting there, and it's approaching very, very quickly on this with Russia. Um, the, other, the other stigmatism that we're, we're seeing, there's so much stuff dealing with Russia on this, is the fact that what is happening with Ukraine is going to have a ripple effect across the rest of the world. Um, we're seeing it already with um, Afghanistan. When we gave that up and China took that over, you're now seeing the cost of lithium or, and, and cobalt batteries. That stuff is now escalating in cost. It's going up dramatically to the point where you're going to see electric cars almost probably double in price because of gouging that China's going to be doing because they now control the world market on cobalt. Yeah, yeah. So all this stuff is just kind of coming together and it's just having a, a totally crazy effect. It's all set up for what's going to come. Uh, another article uh, from The Guardian, China's ambassador to U.S. warns of possible military conflict over Taiwan. So again, even though the Ukraine situation is kind of in the news right now, Let's not forget Taiwan. Let's not forget China. There's still that conflict is still there. Uh, China's ambassador to the U.S. has said the two countries could face a military conflict over the future of Taiwan in an unusually explicit reference to the prospect of war, prospect of wars. That's rumors of wars, just like what Jesus says concerning the last days. Um, but we want to make sure that when we talk about this, we also want to make sure um, that we focus on what he says after that. Uh, so let me just quickly just go to Matthew 24 because um, we don't want to be scared of these things. A lot of these things, you know, they won't concern us, concern the tribulation. We don't know what we're going to face here, but despite all these things going on, we still don't want to lose hope or anything like that. So Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but he says after that, see that you are not troubled. So yeah, there's crazy stuff going on in Ukraine. Yeah, the fallout there could impact our livelihoods, could impact, uh, you know, the food, prices, inflation. Yeah, you know, Taiwan is getting crazy. Yeah, they're saying, could that trigger World War III? But Jesus says, you'll hear rumors of war, uh, wars and rumors of wars, but you're not supposed to be troubled about it. Do not fear these things. Why? He says, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So everything we're seeing happen now, it has to happen. It's Bible prophecy being set up, taking place right now, but the end is not yet. It's not the end of the world. Um, Jesus still has a future. The Lord still has a future for this world, for us, and we're not supposed to be troubled by it. So I just want to remind you guys uh, of that quick. And I'll just finish off this article, and then we'll go to the question. So again, this Guardian article, uh, they said the Taiwan issue is the biggest tinderbox between China and the United States. Uh, if the Taiwanese authorities emboldened by the United States keep going down the road for independence, it will most likely will involve China and the United States, the big countries, and a military conflict. So, uh, again, very crazy. And this question by Black Jainum, uh, should we as Christians be preparing for food shortages, or does that show a lack of faith? Um, they, brother, if you want to go ahead and answer that first, and then give my thoughts. No, absolutely. Um, let me just say this. No, it doesn't show a lack of faith, because you're called by God to prepare, Okay always prepare in fact the bible uh look at look at the time of joseph right uh the, he, he was given the dream by god to prepare um you're to prepare for seasons 
all the time. God wants you to be prepared because you're supposed to be paying attention to what is going on out there. And that's not a lack of faith. Otherwise, you know, Joseph would have said, oh, we don't need to prepare. You know what? Seven good years, seven bad years. We don't need to prepare. Just have faith, right? Well, what the prosperity teachers teach, that's not biblical. True biblical faith is looking at the seasons and always preparing, but knowing that God's the one who's ultimately going to get you through it when it appears. Okay. Um, And there are going to be times when you're not going to be prepared as a believer. Um, And it's just going to be because it's going to come on you like really fast. Mm -hmm. You still, that's when you put your trust in God and go, what am I going to do? Um, and that's that's why uh, I tell you, I mean, I'm always preparing to take care of my family. As a father, I have a responsibility to feed my, my children. But does that mean that, that I don't have faith? No, because I know that my help ultimately comes from God. Ultimately. Great question. No. Yeah. And, and that, brother, that was an amazing answer. I second everything that he just said. Agree completely. Another thing I want to add here is just go to Scripture um, I've been thinking a lot about this as well. I'm not a father, I'm single, but I've also been thinking about this because obviously, you know, um, I'm also living in the world, so we're all affected by this. A uh, scripture that I've been thinking about and meditating on concerning this is Proverbs 22, 3. It says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So essentially what this is showing us is that, hey, a prudent man, a wise man, when he sees evil, when he sees danger, he prepares, he hides, he gets ready for it. Um, but the simple, the one that doesn't pay attention, um, he just kind of goes on, oh, you know, nothing's happening, sticks his head in the sand, and he faces the consequences of that. So just like Brother Stefan says, is it a lack of faith preparing? No, not at all. We all have responsibilities to our families, to ourselves. We're in a fallen world. Crazy things happen. If we see these things, if the Bible warns us that these things are going to happen, there's some things we can do to prepare. But ultimately, our faith is not supposed to be in the preparation our faith is supposed to be in the Lord. So we just do what, you know, the scripture entails. So we see how to prepare based on scripture. And we ultimately put it up to the Lord. So we prepare. We say, hey, Lord, it's all up to you. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I've done what I can do and I'll leave it to you. So we don't want to be like people who are saying that, oh, I'm going to, you know, prepare and hunker down for 50 years and gather, you know, 20 years of food and things like that. And you start putting your faith in those things. Start putting your faith in yourself. That's not what you want to do. You want to make sure, okay, six months or food or so, maybe have some cash and things like that, protection, think of safety, and then just leave it to the Lord to keep it in prayer. So great question. All right, we have another question. Um, and this one is from Nikki. Uh, she says, is fear a sin? Because I feel like I tend to struggle with fear um, of the enemy and spiritual realm, which uh, makes me, um, let me read, which makes me pray less. Any advice on how to overcome this? So fear is a sin, and, and I'm going to say that. Uh, let's look at this verse from, from uh, 1 Timothy 1.7, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Then the scripture says, perfect love drives out all fear. When we're in fear, we're not loving God, we're not loving others. And that's a sin, because we're now focused on selfish. We're thinking about ourselves, right? We're allowing fear to consume selfishness. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me, right? You have to deny self, pick up the cross, and follow Jesus into the fear, right? Into the fear. 
Third, and fourthly, I'm going to say this, for every single day of the year, there's a verse in the Bible that says, do not be afraid, fear not. There's over 365 times in the Bible it says, don't be afraid. Yeah. So this is um, brought on because we're not trusting in God. And remember, uh, Nikki, you brought up something really important here. It causes you to pray less, right? Fear does. It causes you to pray less because you're full of anxiety. The very first sin that was committed in the world resulted in Adam and Eve putting on fig leaves and hiding from God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they were afraid, right, of their nakedness. They were afraid of what God was going to say to them. And God said to them, who told you I was naked? And then God clothed them in proper clothing. Fear causes you to make mistakes, to put on bad fig leaves when you could have leather skin, right? From God, good clothing that God's going to put on you. And I always remind people of that. Satan's first act is to get you to be afraid so you can't face God. Well, you're to face God in your sin. You're to face God when you're in anxiety. You're to face God when you're afraid because he will lead you to eternal peace. And that's what Satan doesn't want. So he uses fear to drive you in between that. And I think that's a, a really great question you asked. Um, and and uh, it was outstanding. Real quick, someone asked a quick question about um, the loaf of bread. Um, it, it comes from chapter 6 of Revelation. And I'm just going to say it. It's in the um, sixth verse where it says, And three quarts of barley will cost a day's pay. It took three quote, uh, three quarts of barley to make a loaf of bread. That's where you get that idea from. A loaf of bread is worth a day's wages. Um, and so I wanted to give that to you. Um, thanks for asking that question as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I could want to address the question. We can move on um, in terms of the fear. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like Brother Stefan said, I agree with everything. And I also wanted to add in some scripture too because, you know, again, being fearful, God hasn't given us spirit of fear, just like the verse that Brother Stefan shared. So it's something that scripture exhorts us from Old Testament to New, not to be in a spirit of fear, not to be in a place of fear. And it is a sin because in one sense, we're not trusting in God. We're actually doubting God, which goes back to the garden. What Satan was saying to Eve, did he really say, well, can I really trust God? And we're kind of putting the focus back on ourselves that maybe I should control things rather than God. So that's kind of like how we should look at fear. And it's very serious. And I just wanted to go to Revelation 21. Um, where we see new heavens and new earth, Jerusalem, new Jerusalem coming down, and it talks about those who will not be a part of that. And these are just for unbelievers, but I just wanted to note here parts of the things it's saying concerning the characteristics of unbelievers that will not be there. So it says here in verse 7 of Revelation 21, He overcomes, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, that's literally the first thing it says, the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, uh, the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So again, that's not to believers. If you're a believer in Christ, that's not about you. But I just want to highlight there that the first thing it points out is cowardly fear, that God doesn't like it. So we just want to point out that that is serious. We want to make sure putting our focus back on the Lord. That's what you kind of focus on scripture that, that, uh, talks about that. So, like again, Second um, Timothy one seven. For God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Um, yeah, and we can just talk about those more. But I, I'm sure you get the idea there. So, great question. You know, I 
I, I want to add something onto that. It, the, the sexually immoral uh, that it mentions in that passage. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is important to bring up because I, I, I want to talk about this briefly. Um, we didn't really get to a chance to discuss it last week. And I think that this is important. We saw this week that one of the big articles was from USA Today. Uh, they uh, tried to destigmatize pedophiles and they were wrote social media this week. Um, I, I'm going to bring up something that's happened here in California. One of the district attorneys that was elected in California in Los Angeles County, he's the head of Los Angeles County, he's the DA for LA, right? And that's a big title in, in California. Um, that covers a huge area. He last week charged a 26-year-old um, who raped a 10-year-old girl. He charged him as a juvenile, and the judge allowed it. You understand? Juvenile means you're under the age of 18. Not a 26-year-old man, okay? That's eight years older than a juvenile. And he charged him for raping this 10-year-old girl Okay, and and giving her horrible. He charged him as a juvenile, so he'll get five years, if that. If that. This is what our society is coming to, where evil is good and good is evil. And now you have newspapers like USA Today doing this. Look, guys, this is not a Democrat Republican issue. This is a moral God issue. And if one party is allowing this to happen, then that party is evil. And even no matter how much you lean left, you have got to stop. And you've got to say, wait a moment, this is not right. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I've got to take a stand against this, even if it's against my own political beliefs, because I got to stand with God first. And rape is never okay. Raping a child it is the destruction. You, you want to know what brings on climate change? It's the destruction of innocence. God hates the destruction of innocence. In fact, he says, if you hurt one of these children, it's better for you to have a, a cobblestone tied around your neck and dropped in the deepest part of the ocean than to face the wrath of God, which you'll face on both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just crazy things going on. That's just the moral um, degradation, decline of our society. And like, but at some point now, that's what we're seeing in scripture, that during the tribulation and later, obviously, in the judgment, that these people who end up in the lake of fire, part of the sins they're committing that they're not repenting of is the sexual morality um, that we're seeing all throughout being celebrated in our culture. Romans 1 talks about the reference Romans 1 a lot. God given his society over to that, eventually giving them a depraved mind. So now we can't even recognize, oh, what's a woman? What's a man? Oh, men can become women and, and things like this. Really crazy. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to say, Nikki, uh, your question, and I'm, I'm going to address it universally. Why do or are there so many people that rape people, right? Um, because of sin and greed and hate, right? Perfect love drives out all fear, the Bible says. Uh, it is a sickness within man because it's hatred and it comes from evil. Uh, and this is why we need God. Look. What was brought up earlier about, you know, I, Jesus is just a prophet. Well, then Jesus didn't have to come into the world if he was just a prophet. He came to bring salvation to a world that is sick with the virus of sin. And Jesus is the cure for that virus. Nobody else 
Nobody else can cure you from your virus, right? Nothing else can. The only way that you can be forgiven from your sins is through Jesus Christ, because he's the only one who paid the price on the cross. And uh, that is what's important right there. So there's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven. It's through Jesus. There's only one way to be washed from your sinful past. It's through Jesus. And there's only one way to be healed from the trauma of sexual exploitation. It's through Jesus. Look, there comes a point where you're going to have to forgive the person who hurt you. You're going to have to forgive the person who committed these atrocities against you. And that's only going to come through Jesus. Mm -hmm. and when you forgive and you can be healed by God, the, the road of redemption, that love that comes in for those people that hurt you will, will come in supernaturally. It can't come from yourself. It comes from God and through the Holy Spirit. And that's what I pray for. I pray for, for that kind of healing to take place. Great answer, brother. I agree with that again. again. Um, great questions, guys. I'm just going to continue here. Uh, going, moving on to technology now, because there's lots going on in technology, uh, AI specifically. Uh, this one is from a, a website called Study Finds. Uh, so this headline is interesting, but I want to focus on AI um, and this one in particular to go on to another article and kind of tie this in prophetically and why this is important. So this article from the 26th, the headline is, AI can predict signs of a heart attack within a year from a routine eye test. So an artificial intelligence system is capable of spotting whether someone will have a heart attack within the next year through a routine eye scan. A team from the University of Leeds believes this AI tool opens the door to a cheap and simple screening program for the world's number one killer, so heart attacks. Uh, their test finds the computer to predict patients at risk of a heart attack in the next 12 months with up to 80% accuracy. So that's pretty crazy, that's cool. Uh, this technology, that's that's good. We love seeing technology being used for good. This could, you know, save a lot of people. Uh, but I wanted to kind of highlight this because it shows the uh, increasing use of AI in society and the increasing power of AI in society. For an AI program to just simply scan your eye and detect heart attacks. I mean, <laughs> imagine what else that could be used for. Uh, so that's a lot of power. And, and again, I kind of want to just focus on this from a prophetic perspective as to why I'm bringing it up. Another article here, Yahoo News. The headline is, Facebook owner wants to build the most powerful AI supercomputer in the world. Uh, Meta, which is Facebook's new name, or yeah, says it wants to build the most powerful artificial intelligence supercomputer in the world. The Facebook owner has already designed and built what it calls the AI research supercluster, which it says is among the fastest AI supercomputers in the world. It hopes to top that league by mid-2022. That's this year, middle of this year, they want to achieve this goal. It said in what would be a major step towards increasing its artificial intelligence capabilities. So guys, don't forget about the metaverse and everything. They want to use this AI thing for the metaverse. Um, Facebook, we know they track us, they sell our data and things like this. We're thinking, and these guys have been worrying that, hey, AI could go rogue one day, it could reach human intelligence and then superhuman intelligence, which people are saying, that, oh, that would be like God level at that point. And I believe that AI really could um, factor into the image of the beast during the tribulation. AI could be used to manage the world population, things like that, the mark the beast system. Um, but again, we're seeing the role of AI growing in the world, its power growing, 
and people like Zuckerberg, Facebook, trying to build the most powerful AI supercomputer. And they don't care about the consequences. They're just full steam going ahead. A few weeks back, I posted an article about how China, they use like an AI like thing strapped onto the worker's arm. It can like read your mind and then like perform actions based on it reading your mind. So things like that, right? Uh, we learned about how China's using the AI robot judge. So it looks at, you know, a, 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 maybe a crime or something like that. And it's like accurate in terms of its sentence, like 80%, 90% of the time. So just AI being widely used across different aspects of society now, and it's only going to grow. So Lord knows, I think, you know, that I think it's going to be used during the tribulation by the Antichrist, but we're kind of seeing that uh, stage center already happen. Yeah, look, we're, we're watching a lot of things happen with technology um, that in the metaverse is really leading to this mark of the beast that is coming about. Uh, we've been talking about this for quite some time, the, what the 666 really represents, um, how it represents the technology aspect of it, um, how it can represent the pharmaceutical aspects of it, and how it can represent the religion aspects of it um, for man. So it's all leading back to man, right? Here, here's the interesting thing, and I want to say this again. All religions have this idea in the world of predeterminism, right? That you have a predetermined state in which you are going, to, that's going to happen to you, and there's nothing you can do about it. In Christianity, God gives you a choice. He says, follow me, right? And I'll give you life. You have a choice, you can choose this day whom you're going to serve. You can serve God, you can have life, or you can choose the gods, the prophets, the, the false prophets, you know, Muhammad and, and Buddhism and, and uh, Baal. And you can choose death. There's a consequence to that. You can choose life or you can choose death. Only Christianity has free will to love God where God gave you a choice. He wants you to follow him out of your own free will. Leviticus chapter one, verse three, it actually describes this, that the offering that you were to make was to be done, God insisted on, of your own free will. In fact, it was called the free will offering, right? That you were to make before God, because God wanted you to love him, not out of obligation, but out of love. In fact, that's why the great commandment, when the scribe comes to Jesus and says, what's the great commandment? Jesus says, oh, hero Israel, there's but one God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul. Love, right? That was the commandment. Your love. Why? Because it's free choice. And we're now coming to this. And in this day of technology, Zuckerberg, all this thing, it's to take away your free will choice and put you in a place where they can control you so that you are only happy when they allow you to be happy. Well, that's not what God wants for you. God wants you to have the joy of serving the Lord and having life and having peace and all this aspect of it without the control of government. Look at what's happening around the world, right? The chaos that's going in, the, the protests against the mandate. Why is it that every country in the world is trying to control you through a mandate right now because it's all leading to the mark of the beast it's to deny that god exists that god is real that they're trying to influence you in every aspect of your life and it's to remove god from your very soul and god is saying 
don't be deceived. In fact, Jesus, when he starts out Matthew 24, the very first things he says is, don't be deceived. What do you think, Ayo? Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. And, you know, just to kind of um, uh, slowly end this off here, just two headlines quick concerning the metaverse. Because, again, this isn't going away, the metaverse. We might, some of us might laugh at it and, oh, you know, they're silly. We don't really know how far they're going to get with this idea if they ever create, if they're successful. Right now, the metaverse doesn't really exist. But people are going all into it. Not just your average Joe, not just your gamer, you know, sitting in his mom's basement or whatever. Um, but like actual companies, right? So CNBC, Walmart is quietly preparing to enter the metaverse. They're already trying to create cryptocurrencies, NFTs for the metaverse. Uh, courts, they said Chinese cities are piling into the metaverse. So Chinese cities are all gung-ho about this. They're preparing for the metaverse. So there's a concerted, concerted effort to kind of push society towards this direction. Uh, the iPhone, people are speculating that, hey, in like about 10 years, the iPhones that we're holding up that are physical won't be the same way. It'll be like uh, AI glasses, like AR something. So iPhone, they're thinking Apple's moving to AR for the metaverse. So everyone's trying to go to the metaverse. Now, um, Washington Post, just to uh, kind of leave this, uh, end this here with another piece of technology concerning like the Mark the Beast side of things. Uh, Amazon is opening a 30,000 square foot store with QR codes and palm scan checkouts. They have their Amazon One palm scanning technology, which obviously brings us to Revelation 13, 16. It's not the mark of the beast, but it shows us the technology, the mindset is there to scan your hand so you can purchase something. Um, so yeah, all these technologies, you know, laying the groundwork for what we're seeing, this mindset laying the groundwork for what we're seeing for a totalitarian system always set in place um, in the tribulation by the antichrist, by the false prophet. And that's what we're seeing right now. So, yeah, it's, it's getting big. Um, it we're it's, it's growing. Uh, we're seeing everything moving in the same direction. It's not a coincidence anymore. It's not this conspiracy anymore. It no. is directional. It is enforced. It's being done on purpose. And this is what's interesting is it reminds me of, Romans 1.18, that says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven for all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Here's, that, here's what the key is, right? It's men who are suppressing the truth intentionally out of wickedness. That's what that verse is saying there. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven for all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. Men and women, mankind, that's what it's referring to, who are suppressing this truth intentionally and with wickedness and why because god isn't going to tolerate it and it's going to come to a point where we've been denying god we've been de denying why he created us denying our purpose in that creation denying the image in which we were created in in and god says you're going to be without excuse if you read the rest of that chapter he says you're without excuse because you can see me throughout creation so there's one simple thing. Follow Jesus. Give your life to Jesus tonight. Surrender your will and say, God, I'm going to choose you out of my own free will. And I'm going to surrender that will to you because I want you to rule my life. Romans 10, 8-11 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means you confess that Jesus is King, Lord of all, Lord of all. 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then later on, it says that you will never be put to shame. Mm -hmm. Never. I encourage you today, before it's too late, to declare Jesus Christ Lord of your life over all things, pornography, drugs, fear, um, whatever it is, and say, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to declare you Lord in my life, King of my life. And I'm going to believe that you hold the words and the key to eternal life because I don't ever want to be put to shame. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a very tender, yeah. And just to you know, add on to that, guys, the reason we come to you every week uh, concerning Bible prophecy, we give these headlines of things, isn't to scare you, but to point to Jesus. So for us who are believers, it's meant to not scare us, but give us this hope, uh, revivify the hope that we have in the Lord's soon return. Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, 6 to 7 says, be anxious for nothing. So again, that fear aspect. God doesn't want us to be afraid. I went to Matthew 24. Jesus says, hey, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, but don't be anxious. These things have to happen. Um, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which mm -hmm. you pass understand will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So if you're fearful, you're anxious, you can pray, thank the Lord. His peace will fall upon you. And again, these things are supposed to ultimately point, for us believers, point to Christ's soon return. Titus 2, 3 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing for our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. James 5, 7 to 8 says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord Jesus, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits the pressure through the earth, waiting patiently for until receives early and latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So that's what we're ultimately talking about here. And for those here who are watching this now, after the fact, listen to it on podcast, you're not a believer. Our exhortation to you is that you believe today. Today is the day of salvation, as Paul says, because we're all sinners. So when we come to this world, we're sinners. Our wrath, or God's wrath, rather, will fall upon us if we die apart from Christ. Um, but God, in his love, sent his son to pay for our sin penalty himself. So he took on God's wrath on the cross in our stead. So if we believe on that sacrifice, we will have eternal life, which is the greatest thing that we're talking about here. And ultimately, we also won't go through the tribulation, we'll be taken out of it beforehand, and won't face all these judgments and all these horrible things that will happen. So that's our exhortation to you if you're a believer and unbeliever. It's ultimately pointing you to Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, that is it for the West Coast Gospel Hour here on Fig Tree Watchers. Um, you'll be with us again next week. Now, you're going to be here tomorrow night, right? Yes, for apologetics, yep. Right. Yeah, apologetics. We're just going to be continuing more on why we can believe in the reliability of the Bible. So I know, Benji, uh, you have a lot of questions. I think that'll be a great one for you. Uh, you can also message me or Brother Stefan if you have any questions concerning Christ, the gospel, uh, why we can believe in the reliability of Scripture, why we can believe Jesus Christ rose again. We can put our faith in him. So you can message us, or any of you can message us about those questions. Hopefully we'll be talking about those things again uh, tomorrow as well. And we'll be on an hour earlier, because it's Saturday, so an hour earlier and uh, join us here on Fig Tree Watchers. Good night, everyone, and God bless. Have a great night, guys.